Watching movies can take a while And they often go out of style But there's Megan and Ben To tell you what to watch with a smile So I married, I married a cinephile I'm Ben Farmer and I'm a cinephile. I'm Megan Carver and I'm a cine newbie. We watch all all kinds of movies, new and old. And we let you know if you should watch them too. Welcome back to So I Married a Cinephile. Trucking on with season five. Thank you for watching, I should say, to our Patreon viewers. Yeah. You can see I'm still really stoked about this awesome new sound equipment we have. I don't <laughs> mean to like, I don't mean to sound all bragging and stuff, but it's- <laughs> It's really cool because like I can listen to my own voice and I think it's like you're doing ASMR for yourself. I'm definitely an actor because I like the sound of my own voice. Yes. And you're also an audiobook narrator because you like the sound of your own voice. I am narrating my first audiobook actually. So uh, along with uh, a couple of firsts, um, we have our first guests of the season. Big deal. Which I'm so stoked for because these guys like I could not have picked a more perfect movie to bring these guys on. Um, we have Connor and Dylan from Drama Podcast. Welcome, you guys. Drama. <laughs> I know we have like the little song at the start. <laughs> Thank you for having us. This is so great already. Oh my God. And also, I didn't realize you did your intro, you know, off the cuff every time. I thought yeah, maybe that was pre recorded. No, no, I no, love no, it. No. We did. You two are live. so much fun. Thank oh, you for having you. us. We, we actually, we, we are Broadway babies. So it's kismet that this is the episode that we're here <laughs> yes. for. Yes. yes. We could not have picked a better movie based on a musical and we're going to get into it. Thank you so much again for being here. I feel like this will offer a very unique perspective on both sides yeah. as we, as we crack this nut open. So oh, for I got sure. a lot to say. I got also really quickly. Let's say hello to our amazing producer, Molly. Hey, Molly. How's it going? <laughs> it is going good, y'all. So yeah. happy to be here. I am also a Broadway baby, so I'm super excited I know. about the movie, which is The, the Prom. Prom, which is a 2020 film. I want to say it was written and directed by Ryan Murphy. There were five uh, writers on this, I think, but I think the writers include the people who wrote the original but book. But it was like, it's like a reverse pyramid scheme because it was like the idea <laughs> came from this and then it branched to three people and then it branched to another three. It was like one consistent throughout. Other we, than that, it's a reverse. We had to pause the ending credits because it was an entire screen of writers. It was like <laughs> screenplay by this three people based on the book by this man with music by this person, but then new music by, but I was like, that okay, guy stop, sneezed stop. at this point. <laughs> so uh, directed by Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy, of course, is famous for many uh, an FX show, but also uh, I want to say he was a big director and producer of the show Glee, which was on Fox for a number of years. Oh, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. So oh, get, yeah. We get into yes. it, guys. Um, it's, I'm uh, so stoked for their their thing. <laughs> Me too. I can't even. Starring uh, some amazing actors. We have Meryl Streep as Dee Dee Allen, James Gordon, not Gordon, because James Gordon is the commissioner in the Batman. Uh, That's comic. right. For those Gotham of you City. who are not familiar with Batman, Batman. Oh, are you guys, a... are you guys Batman nerds too? 
You know, we like that. <laughs> We've seen all the Batman films. Okay. I like Batman. Yeah. But Nicole Kidman was in a Batman film. Yes, yes, she was as Dr. Chase Meridian in Batman Forever, which is a movie I would love to do on this podcast. But that is a story for another time. That, that just that opened the vault. <laughs> James Corden. Maybe a Patreon uh, exclusive. Right? That, might be. that would be amazing, actually. Just it was just a hot take movie. Uh, James all. Corden as Barry Glickman. Nicole Kidman has nothing to do as Angie Dickinson. Carrie Washington stars as Mrs. Green. Uh, rounding out the cast, we have Andrew Reynolds as Trent Oliver and Keegan-Michael Key as Principal Tom Hawkins, among others. We also have newcomer Joellen Pellman making her film debut debut as Emma Nolan. Uh, and Ariana DeBose, is that how you pronounce it? DeBose? DeBose. DeBose. Ariana DeBose, uh, who was in the ensemble of Hamilton, I believe. Oh, um, that also makes a lot of sense. Also stars as Elisa Green. So, wow. A lot to get into. Megan, I'm going to ask you like right away, initial reaction, first thoughts. No, no, no. Remember, we have to get our plot in 60 seconds. Oh, yes. That is one of our new things for our new format. And this was born from the idea of someone trying to describe a movie that they hadn't seen, but have heard about and tried to describe the plot. So you have 60 seconds I can do a timer. I have a timer, yes. You have a timer? I also have. Okay. I'll, I'll do the no, first I, half, I have my the second. Yeah, I was about to I'll say, okay. I'll split it up like okay. 30, 30, uh, yeah. 20, whatever. So here we We're go. We're used to sharing. Plot in 60 seconds by Drama Podcast and go. All right, so The Prom is a story about four self-loving, self-obsessed, down-on-their-luck theater actors who are in need of a, uh, a PR publicity stunt to help revitalize their reputations. So they travel to a small town in Indiana to help a young lesbian girl named Emma who has a lot going on involving her, her high school prom. Dylan, do you want to continue? The- yes, yeah, so Emma's desire to bring a girl to her high school prom are shattered by her small town's conservative values, making matters even more complicated um the girl that emma is dating her mom is the president of the pta and antics ensue and these four broadway stars while trying to bring empathy to this small town learn a thing or two about themselves as they build a prom and it is it is a beautiful story it's a heart-wrenching story in many ways but it's also a glossy tale um led by ryan murphy and all of these different stars together um to build a prom heart is racing i know that was a rush <laughs> you can breathe you can breathe well done like towards the well, end you're like and then the was in a, it ran over to the <laughs> literal word vomit at the end and i think it all makes sense though that was so great That's that was so really great, great. Nice yeah job, yeah um, thank you now that we've so, done our first plot in 60 seconds i actually my first impressions i didn't love this movie but i really want to toss it over to connor and dylan because yeah. we haven't seen the broadway musical i True. had the opportunity to see it but i wasn't able to they have seen both the movie and the musical so i'm really curious about your guys's first impression of the movie since you have a much more um how do i say it's rich experience with this story love it oh my gosh okay so I was lucky enough to see the musical three different times while it was on Broadway, twice at the beginning of its run and then once towards the end. And I have to say the Broadway musical, I absolutely loved. Okay. It, it, the story played so well on stage and the book, every scene, the audience was either like watching with rapt attention or laughing their ass off. Can I swear? I can swear. 
Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Yes. And it was so, (laughs) I don't want to get, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but the things that didn't work in the movie worked so well on stage because intimate moments could breathe and the funny moments, everyone was laughing along. It was the the musical really, I think, nailed it. And although it wasn't a huge financial success, Mm -hmm. was a much loved Broadway show. You know, Mm -hmm. Dylan, what do you think? Any, anything to add there? So it's a rather cockamamie plot as we sort of just right. did in 60 seconds. <laughs> this idea of four Broadway actors going to a small town. And it's it's sort of this me- melding of two worlds. And the movie sort of sucked all of that away because in, in many ways, the prom on Broadway was a little inside baseball at times. And the, the humor and the book, you know, Broadway people love to laugh at the industry, love to laugh at themselves. And on in the movie, it just felt a little hollow at times or overblown in, in many ways, as Ryan Murphy tends to do. So a major lover of the show, I only saw it twice on Broadway, but I cried both times. And, and I did cry <laughs> both times I watched the movie, but it's because of things that it evoked. I think the source sure. material is so strong, but unfortunately in transferring it from stage to screen, I, I initially felt that it was nonsensical in many ways. And I really yes. wonder what someone, so this is where it's important that we're talking, who hadn't seen the Broadway show would yes. react to this piece. That's us. And Molly, you <laughs> said that you cried seeing this. You're like, I don't like this movie, but God damn it, it got to me. Uh, well, uh, something our really? audience should know is I'm a crier and I cry <laughs> at everything. So this movie at one part made me want to peel my skin off. Hot take. Hot takes. Um, and at other parts, it made me cry because I have a little queer heart. And at the heart of this movie, that's what it's really about. But it takes over an hour to get there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So it made me cry. And then they immediately went into Zaz and I broke out of it. <laughs> can I oh, my so, God. I'm so have, sad about. Can we so redo the it. number Zaz, but like with aging and really like kind of out of it, Liza Minnelli? I would love that. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> or even Kristen Wiig as Liza Minnelli. I would take that. Oh. I'd, be, I'd be gagged for either. That's yes. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, the casting itself, I think, is maybe something yes. that's been the biggest focus of the yeah. film yeah. for most people. In fact, I don't know that many people are even talking about whether or not the story spoke to them. I would say the most press that the prom has gotten is, you know, first of all, James Corden's casting. Yes. As well as what was what was very controversial about the prom within the Broadway community was that they didn't involve anybody from this much loved Broadway production. Right. And, and all the characters are pretty much based upon the actors that played them. Right. Exactly. Right. exactly. It seems really personal to them. Yeah, and it was very, it was very weird that you have these. I mean, you cast Meryl Streep, who is probably <laughs> the best actress of our age. Yeah, but yes. you also have these very talented Broadway actors who were in this show, who I believe auditioned to be in the movie. Chris Sieber, who's an AMDA graduate, oh, like I would have loved to see him in the Andrew Reynolds role. Not that Andrew yeah. Reynolds is is bad. Right, that's the thing. Is I that thought he was the best casting. I thought he I was the too. best casting, but at the mm-hmm. same time, when I was watching Andrew Reynolds, I'm like, I have seen this before in Book of Mormon. I have yeah. seen yes. everything he's doing now. I have seen before. Right. And the point is, is that you have these Broadway actors who, and correct me if I'm wrong, none of them have had a lead role 
in a Broadway show. And so you cast these these <laughs> name you cast these Everybody's name like looking up to think. these name Hollywood <laughs> actors who are who are very well known to American audiences in this movie and you kind of you pull the rug out from the point of I don't know maybe why the the show even came to fruition in the first place because it gave it it gave these actors an opportunity to really shine out front. Chris, I... Like Chris Sieber has done amazing work, but I don't think he has ever had a lead in a Broadway show. Do you guys know? Because I don't know. He was Lord Farquaad in Shrek. Oh, right. Okay. But is that the lead oh my God. role? You know? Yeah. Featured. I mean, yeah, For sure. So it's, yeah, a it's a featured role. Feature you know, role. like, it's a, it's a very featured role. An important role. But I don't know oh, if it's Brock like, comfortable. yeah, there okay. we go. There I don't we know go. if it's like a lead. So uh, that was my, that was my sort of hot take. Hot takes. On it of like, you, yeah. you cast these name Hollywood actors in place of these Broadway actors who are just looking for some time to shine. So the first yeah. time I watched it, I went in, I tried to go in with a very open heart and I really- <laughs> an un, un, What is it, untamed heart? An unruly un, heart. Unruly heart. heart. Unruly heart. <laughs> and I have I, the untamed heart. Right. And, and I will say, I I was very pleasantly surprised. And I, I was like, oh my God, this is so good. It's, it's basically the same book and a lot of the same choreography from the Broadway show. So I was like very impressed. I rewatched it you know, in, with a more critical eye. And I didn't love it as much. In fact, there's something about, there's one specific thing that really takes me out. And once I picked up on it, I couldn't get into the movie for the rest of it. Do you want me to say what uh, it was? Yes. Oh my God. Just say oh, it. Yeah. My, my, my biggest problem with the prom is its director and its direction, Ryan Murphy. I think he failed at his assignment. And I think he doesn't really understand what it means to direct a musical. Interesting. Kind of like how Christopher yeah. Nolan doesn't know how to direct a fight. <laughs> if you watch any Very fight scene that Christopher Nolan has done, especially in The Dark Knight Rises, like you cannot, you can't really see where the punches are coming from. Um, oh, now I anyway, want to go watch. We'll hot go take on Chris Nolan. Hot takes. We'll get yeah, this is a very bad. Yeah, it's prom the prom. <laughs> it is frustrating when you you think like, oh, this director doesn't know how to properly. Well, that's like what's his name stage. that directed uh, Chicago, and then that was amazing, and then later on directed nine and you're like rob marshall what the shit just happened because rob marshall has a broadway or a stage background doesn't he oh yeah he does i thought yes and he directed into the woods and uh oh right i still haven't seen that i haven't seen that is that any good have you guys seen it pass molly's like hard pass i have a problem with almost every movie musical that has ever been made from a broadway show Really? You find okay. you're a purist? You're more of a purist when it comes to the, the I material? find, and I found, it's not even the material, and it's the same problem I had with this movie, and I'm going to say it right now, and we touched on it a little bit. Musical, movie musicals should have actors that are musical theater actors. Again. So going back to my point, I'm gonna not casting Broadway actors in this I'm movie just saying, a huge ask, letdown. Okay, I I'm just don't gonna... think Meryl Streep can sing. <gasps> oh, I totally disagree. Not, I think she disagree. Disagree. Mm -hmm. I don't think. I think she got cast in Mamma Mia, and then everyone was like, "Oh, okay. Okay. now we can make Mamma Mia." Okay. Was a whole train wreck. Right. That shut, was all right. Okay, shut the doors. Sorry, shut the doors. Meryl Streep can sing. Okay, but she's not the greatest singer. Like is. when she opens her mouth, she doesn't like. But oh, like take me to another place. I'm uh, like, oh, she she sings well. Okay, so that was actually something that I thought you were going to say, Connor, that took me out. And this is something that happens and it's a difference for me, at least between watching Hamilton on Disney Plus and watching this is that these people are lip syncing the whole time. And I get it. It's because they have a playback, but it's such 
a distraction when it's like, you know, these people can sing and do sing and yet they're lip syncing everything, you know? Yes. And the audio that they're lip syncing to is overproduced. I mean, when Emma's, her song, Just Breathe, it sounds like it is coming straight out of a machine. Like she's, I also have issue with what she was probably directed to do with that scene where she's smiling the entire time. I have issues. I have issues with her entire performance. Okay. Yes. Ben, we're on the same page. Is it Elisa, Elisa DeBose or Elise DeBose or whatever her name? It was, is. Um, this is Joe Ellen Pellman, who is Emma. Right. I was, I was about to say, uh, DeBose had, she was uh, much more compelling to me. Oh, like, oh, not only can you cry on great. cue, but you are like emotionally conflicted. Like, like I, mm-hmm. I was bought in with her. I'm like, Emma, can, not we, so much. can we just switch them? Like, just let's just flip it over. I know. But, but I think that wow. also too is probably honoring what was in the original cast. I can't remember what the original cast was. Was it? So Caitlin Kinnunen was a white young woman who played Emma. And then Alyssa Green, I, the actress who played her, Izzy McCalla, is mixed, I believe. Okay. Because okay. they had Mrs. Green, it was a white actress uh, as the villain of the okay. piece. Whereas they made the decision to have Kerry Washington do it which in this. That was, which like, was a very those interesting people choice. Exist, those people exist. But those people exist. But we're talking felt- about, and I don't want to get too political. We've yeah. literally learned that Black women are the backbone of the Democratic Party. I was about to yes. say, visually. Black woman. Yeah as this conservative sort of That's a good point. Right. It, it, it just, just made it wasn't me question, cute. Yeah, it made me question why. Not not so mm-hmm. much like why the character is doing what the character is doing, but the casting. The casting. So much of the casting, I'm like, There's why also, this person? There's also too, I didn't understand why, I and I love Keegan-Michael Peel. I think he's amazing and so talented. And I'm just like, why are, I love you and why are you here? I don't, <laughs> improv is <laughs> doors down. See, why I are thought- you here with Meryl Streep? He walked into Wait, the wrong, what? he walked into the wrong rehearsal. He did, and they just, kept him <laughs> at the studio and he's like oh come on in now uh, here the thing i felt that and this is controversial i felt he gave very grounded performance he did you know what i mean did. and i think though okay so going back to what i was saying about the direction though and i think all the casting comes back to me to the direction it's hard to even really get a sense for some of the performances because ryan murphy is so obsessed with giving us something to look at all the time yeah. that every, every single song that could have been, that was very emotional in the musical, like uh, Alyssa Green's solo number where she sings about how her mom wants her to be perfect. Yeah. And yeah. this is why she is who she is. Barry's number of when Barry's going to the prom in the musical. Oh my God. Yeah. He's in his, this hotel room and he has this, you know, everything that's happened to Barry in the entire story builds up to this moment where he is getting in touch with his inner self, making peace with the past and has a, has a moment where he says, you know what? I might even call my mom because in the Broadway musical, the mom, Tracy Ullman, that character is not in it at all, which we can get into that story point in a second. I know, I know. When Tracy Ullman showed up, but unnecessary, not, not out of joy. I was like, with a bizarre accent. Why? Yeah. Why Tracy Ullman? But, yes. but, but all the scenes, they, Ryan Murphy's obsessed with, okay, here's a flashback of Alyssa hanging up ribbons on her wall. And here's her mom watching her in class. Why can't oh, yeah. we just watch Ariana DeBose give her truth for a second? There's not a single song in the show that is just in the movie version of the prom. That's just these characters able to truly, you know what? I can't speak anymore. So I must sing. And that's yeah. what yes. it, it bugged me. It really did. And I don't know. I think it's, that, it, yeah. It's almost like he doesn't trust us as viewers to just listen to the words and enjoy and understand the characters. Like the bizarre cuts to this fictional musical Swallow the Moon with Meryl Streep during Ladies Improving. Or even even during We Look to You, which I think 
which is the, the principal's number at the Applebee's. Mm-hmm. I do think that number, the, the fantasy aspect of the magic of Broadway, it, it only worked there because it is like a park and bark number with not much character context. It's just explaining yeah. a concept. But Connor makes this great point of this happens in Glee all the time. If Connor and I watched yeah. Glee to the bitter end and it was everything had to have a flashback, but it was always for the sake of comedy. Yeah. Like they would, Perfect. you would see someone with bangs mm-hmm. to make them seem younger or something. And in that, you know, these characters, you've developed them over six seasons mm-hmm. in this we are learning about these characters from from where they are now, and we don't need yeah. to. They're telling us you don't need to show us. Yes, and it, I I totally agree. It goes back to responsibility. I feel like falls on Ryan Murphy. This mm-hmm. was the longest episode of Glee I had ever seen. <laughs> and that's all I could think of. I'm like, I'm watching Glee for two hours and fifteen minutes. And so then you're not wrong. Right. So then that's actually kind of a hot take. So do we want to hop on over to some hot takes about our conspiracy theories about this movie? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Yes. <laughs> hot takes. My biggest hot take. My biggest hot take was Ryan that I don't Murphy. think Ryan Murphy should have directed it. Agreed. I I feel it could have been it could have been Adam Shankman who did the Hairspray film. Oh, Actually, and Hairspray. I, I reference Hairspray constantly. Amazing. Hairspray is not ashamed of what it is. <laughs> hairspray. hairspray th- there are so many just great wide flat shots. Yep. where you can see everything yes. that's happening. You can see all the dancers. But it's not like- It's not like we're, we're all over the place. moving with yeah. people and there's just nothing but blue and purple and red totally lights because it's prom. But again, Hairspray is so unashamedly mm-hmm. uh, uh, courageous in its, in its identity that yeah. you just go along for the ride. So that is one of the rare examples of a movie uh, or a musical movie, transferring musical. well to- mm-hmm. I have something else to say. I have another director idea and I don't know if okay, y'all are yeah. gonna like that. I don't know, I don't know. This is a hot take, baby. This is a hot, hot take. take. Hot takes. You know who would have, I think, nailed this? Scorsese. Be- <laughs> Close. Kenny Close. Ortega. Kenny Ortega, who did Hocus Pocus in the High School yeah, Musical. Yes. Absolutely. He, on you know, if you, the High School Musicals are obviously TV musicals for Disney. Right. But if you watch them, they have these huge group numbers where every person in the cast, you can see them doing the court, you know, we're all in this together. You see them nailing the choreo, whereas, and he, he gets the sentimentality and the corniness. And I think if this movie would have embraced that more, we all could have been like in on it. But for example, the finale of the prom, Dylan made this point to me, we were talking about earlier, you don't see any of the choreography. No. no, it's cut to and cut then, to cut. And then, too, when to they cut. cut over to the producer, what's his name? And he's just standing there singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't <laughs> see this man on Broadway. I forget his name, but I know I how like, talented he is. I'm like, are we just yes. for all the wallflowers that are at prom? Are you talking about was it it's Kevin Chamberlain? Yes, mm-hmm. Kevin Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is like dancing. He's like, I'm singing. singing. I'm like, why are you not giving the Broadway actor something to do? He had nothing to do in this movie other than provide information. I I totally like uh, Ortega would have been great. I didn't even think about that. Okay, Okay. we would have had Bette Midler. Look, when I said Meryl Streep can't sing, what I should have said is Meryl Streep is not a musical theater singer. That's yes. true. And this is I a this is musical theater. Uh, I think that's fair. I had a hard totally time with right. Madonna and Antonio Banderas. I will also agree that Hairspray is probably the most properly done yes. transfer from Broadway to film, as well as best received. And so yes. they should look to that. 
Well, if you That's think about take. it, if you think of if you think of a movie like Moulin Rouge, Moulin Rouge is, in my opinion, the reason we have movie musicals today. And yes. due to Baz Luhrmann's direction and also the style of the show, it's it's an original movie musical. So you you don't walk away from that movie being like, what the fuck was that? Like, mm-hmm. or maybe you do, but at the same time, due to Baz Luhrmann's style yeah. and his style of direction, you get what he's doing doing and you you go along with the fact that oh we're doing mashups of songs we're doing all, we're we're taking contemporary and pulling it back this many years um the broadway show which we saw maybe uh, i don't know if everything worked but i feel like they did the best they could right i agree so, so i i feel like you're you're very right i feel like it has to be told through a very specific lens and i'm not and i don't think ryan murphy had that lens to tell the story okay Dylan, i I'm wonder curious. i wonder if murphy was inspired at all by the chicago movie which you know won best picture at the Oscars in that it was done in this sort of like these cutaways to a vaudeville performance and he did the cutaways with swallow the moon and different things like that throughout this it just it it wasn't consistent so I just don't think that it worked here yeah because because interesting anyway even too um like breathe Emma that one was just like again all over the place and I was like I really this is such a lovely song I wish I could just hear the song instead of seeing her swimming and seeing her walking around and I was like, I just, I feel like distracted. I can't focus on the most beautiful part of this moment. I think I mm-hmm. wrote down during that scene, high schoolers are awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is true in every high That's school story. Well, that, well, Ryan Murphy also had to include shirtless young men in that oh. scene too. Oh, which, he said which was, it. He said that. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was why that scene was there. And you've got no. that beautiful Joe Ellen in, in a one piece. I mean, I think that in many ways, the character of Emma was really shellacked based on what happened, like by the Murphyisms. Whereas in the musical, she was the lead of that show. And I feel like in this, it was Dee Dee and Barry Glickman's movie yeah thank you that's what i was confused about because i felt like because i was in the off-broadway office musical parody musical oh okay and i was in the theater center that's the one Mm -hmm. the only off-broadway musical that's on broadway (laughs) so i was in that and one of the guys that worked backstage with us was also Mm. one of the producers of prom and he was just it was always about emma and it was always about like life's not a dress rehearsal and like, you know, your truth and everything. But then when I saw this, I was like, it doesn't feel like Emma's actually the pivotal character. It feels like it's all about Meryl Streep and James Corden. I was really confused by that. Which was another point of contention for me that my hot take is that it gave Broadway actors a bad name. Like it, it, That's it, how it, I made, felt. it made Broadway actors look and feel like, of course there's narcissism in what we do. Like they're, they're, we're, we're actors and we're you know, prostituting ourselves. But I think that words. comes back to your point, Connor, of like, it was an inside joke when you were at the theater. It doesn't make sense when it's on film. Right. When they nice. come right out and say, we're liberals from Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> That would be way more funny on stage. Yes. It was like opening up with the New York City shirt. Yeah, It was hilarious. <laughs> it was. The show was hilarious on stage. Uh, one more thing about the, the Emma character. I think it is maybe the most problematic character. And that's saying a lot considering James Corden was doing. Too. He, he was doing, you know, some gay. He was playing gay, like playing up the flamboyance, yes. which we can talk about that in a second. But with Emma, as a young lesbian girl who was kicked out of her parents' home after coming out, she was sure happy and confident. And 
in the movie. And on yeah. stage, Caitlin Kinnanen, who played the character on stage. And we must say is a friend of ours. She she was on our podcast last summer. Oh my gosh. Oh, awesome. yes. Shout out to Caitlin. Shout out to Caitlin. Yeah, love. She was great. She was nominated for a Tony for the role, but it the character of Emma on stage, you felt this sadness, this, she was not smiling during her sad oh, moments. The wallflower. You yeah. felt, mm-hmm. you wanted her to become this happy best version of herself. Yes. And that's where she becomes friends with the Angie character and she becomes friends with Barry and they really help her come out of her shell and grow. And in this, you didn't really get the sense that Emma needed a lot of help other than she, she didn't, didn't have friends. When she was like, other than guys, like planning a I'm really scared. I need your help. I'm like, stop fucking smiling. Yeah. Like, yes. You, the whole what, time. The, visually, like you're not and on stage. So it, you smiling fair, that big is just To the just, gal that played much. Emma, I just I just think that's not, her face. I'm not blind. Like, no, 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 no. That's like the opposite of resting bitch face. She's just got resting glee face. Like she's just always slightly Ma- happy. Yeah. I take this back to direction. <laughs> you know? I take mm-hmm. this back to direction. I'm not blaming the actress at all, but I do take this back to direction of maybe Ryan Murphy just directed her that way. So or maybe I want you to say you're scared, but I don't know I want you to the smile. original person that did it. And which what, which Caitlin sense? did audition and it, it yes. was a it was a, it was a horror story for her, the whole experience. Well, that's what I heard. That's what finding I heard. everything out. And so yeah, I think that the the direction is bad and we've established that too because yes. it's like when on your showgirls episode when you talk about how <laughs> Elizabeth Berkeley was directed by yeah. that gentleman who went under a different name. It's it's <laughs> it's like a disservice to the actor. And this girl, yes. this is her debut. I think she's cute as a button. I think her voice mm-hmm. is great. I really wonder where she's going to go I, I, beyond mm-hmm. this. It's like the Nikki Blonsky of it all from Hairspray, yeah. though. But she yeah. she has ha- sustained some limelight in recent she years. Has. But she, has, she shows up in random stuff, and she went random. to Amber, too. So I'm just like, oh, oh. let's see. Juilliard, it's always Yeah, random. You're Trent Oliver. You're the Trent <laughs> Oliver of the pod. Trent, I am uh-huh. Trent Oliver. Thousand percent. If we were the four leads plus Sheldon, their PR person, who would be who of the, oh the, the foursome? Well, Molly Molly has to be Sheldon because she's producing this. I'm the principal, actually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm That's actually 1,000% that. accurate. <laughs> only, one of the only good notes that I took, because most of my notes were just like, duh, um, was yeah. teachers are heroes. And I just want to say that again. Yes. What a good heroes. guy he was. Yeah. Um, I agree. Especially I agree. to us queer kids when we're accepted in high school it's very relieving i feel like in terms of castability and what i would normally go out for i would probably be the judgmental mom like i can see myself doing that at this age Mm. in like 20 years from now dd 1000 percent. like uh-huh. no, maybe not even 20 years from now if they're looking for a young dd but the one i would probably because i don't identify with the horrible mom i don't <laughs> i don't know i need to think on that ben what do you what, do you, what would you i feel like as? i would i would audition for trent like that would be oh yeah just that, that makes sense but to. i also <laughs> i also believe myself to be a fraud because i don't have any uh formal musical theater training but you went to that, amda i did go to amda <laughs> but i did the drama program i auditioned for the musical theater program they put me in the drama program and but you were you were the arian tenor in springtime for I Hitler, was. and you got oh, wow. a, a portland area musical theater alliance award for your performance in spam a lot that's true slap that down on a hotel I desk would need and see to, if it gets so I would need yes! to. Yes! Oh, yeah, bless up. 
I would. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you know who I am now? Yeah. So I would need I would need some pra- Sir, I would need some practice and training, away. but I I would so love to play that part, like vocally, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's it's incredibly funny, and I really wish I could have seen Chris Sieber do it because I'm sure he was a yeah. fucking riot. It was terrific. Okay. What about you guys? Yeah. I, I am think- Barry Glickman. Is is I see <laughs> myself. Should have been he, him. And I mean, I, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know when I when I was a substitute teacher, all the kids always used to say, "Are you James Corden?" Um, <laughs> And if I was offended at the time. And then I was like, you know what? He's really yeah. talented and he's great and everything. And now I, my opinion on him has changed based on this role. But um, Barry would be a dream role of mine one day for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He would be amazing. It's, he's unapologetic. And, and that's yes. something that I think that James Corden missed because he felt ashamed to be gay at, at times. That's like there true. was sort of like yeah. an inwardness that he had throughout the movie, especially in the scene with him and um Dee Dee in the hotel the, the very long over over oh bloated scene towards that the towards the like, third act you know what forget about boundaries i'm gonna go ahead and poke you right where your trauma is like what the oh, shit mom. was that oh that was horrible oh my god, oh my god. if i, I were like, a whoa where did this come from no oh my god i'd be so mad at her he didn't really care <laughs> no i know he, she's like well i got divorced uh, anyways let's call your mom uh-huh. <laughs> Connor, I think about my trauma you. Onto yeah. yours. I lost yes. the house in the Hamptons. This is years of therapy in one second. I think that leaves Connor as Angie. Then you know what? I I will for it. Oh, I'm I'm sh- I'm short, but I will take it because I I do relate to the idea of you know spending my years as an intern, really working my way, clawing my way to the top, building a career of you know goodwill, and I do relate to that. But speaking of the Angie character this isn't a hot take but i guess it's trivia in a way am i cheating i feel like this movie does the exact thing this is a hot take does the exact thing that the two main characters which is meryl streep and james corden try to not do which is it takes something that is very difficult and something that is like a movement in terms of lgbtqai rights Mm and actually capitalizes on it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's my hot take. Hot takes. And I don't think necessarily after hearing what you guys are saying that that was the intention of the Broadway musical and mm-hmm. it didn't come across that way. However, in moving it over to a Netflix movie, it almost took something that was a really delicate, sweet, vulnerable story and made it into a cash cow. So it actually, or t- attempted to, so it actually did the exact opposite of what these characters were trying to do in finding their arc of going away from how does this serve me to how can I serve others? It does the opposite of taking how does this musical serve others to how can it serve us? And that's tea. That's tea. That's a hot take. I agree. How sad, you know? I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I actually, uh, the other thing I was going to ask, and this is just like, this is me being 1000% vulnerable and being open to making mistakes. Um, I came out as by later on in life. And so going to prom and like going through this kind of thing was not something that I dealt with directly. And so I wonder too, if people who had this kind of situation of coming out, you know, in a very painful time in their teen years or having living in a a very conservative culture, if this might have spoke to them differently, because if anyone dealing with that can relate to it, is it something that might speak to them in a different way than it might speak to me? Yeah, that's I imagine it does. I imagine it does. But I, I didn't come out in high school. 
I did go to prom, but I didn't come out in high school. Same. We Same. We, we, <laughs> we were all shy I was dogs. the straight alliance of the gay straight alliance. There you go. Oh. There you yeah. go. I imagine it would because but I can't think of, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't think of any other films that feature, you know, this uh, uh, the story of a queer student trying to go to prom and it being literally canceled because of them, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the thing too. Just but it's based on go. a true story. Right. It's based on a true story. So, yeah. and we do know that this type of thing does has happen. happened and continues to happen to this yeah. day. Yeah. And that's why you can't be gay in Indiana. I love mm-hmm. that. It sucks to be gay in Indiana. Uh-huh. Um, I was curious though. It's like kind of shitting all over Indiana too. And I'm like, is that okay? Or is it, I don't know at any rate. It felt like a very anti-Indiana movie. It felt like anti-Indiana. <laughs> it felt anti-actor. Is that because at- Mike Pence was... It is. That is why they that, chose that Indiana. Why they Are you chose serious? It. Trivia. Yeah. Trivia. Oh, here we go. All right. I, d- I didn't even know that. That's All right. Yeah. yeah. That's a let's, great segue. Uh, let's smash that, smash that trivia music. Smash that trivia music. And trivia. Insert original music here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's for, that's, that's my. Was doing. That's my editing cue. Insert <laughs> <laughs> original trivia music here. Um, Connor, did you did you say you had some trivia, or was that it? Well, I would, what I was going to say was, oh, no, you're good. The Angie role was literally played by an actress named Angie Schwerer, and she developed the part. She workshopped it, and it is based on her career as a career ensemble woman mm-hmm. who, you know, so it's, it, it, I don't think it's necessarily supposed to be played by a superstar like Nicole Kidman, right. although I will say I did love seeing her in a fun role. I love yeah. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> I, I just liked wish it too. she I, had I more to like do she, other she than wear a hat. In, in the Broadway version, can you answer this for me? Did she actually have more to do in the Broadway show? No. No. <laughs> okay. That's that's disappointing. She did the cowbell in the show, just like Nicole Kidman. <laughs> I mean, she danced. I mean, you fully saw Amazing. her dance, whereas Ryan Murphy yes. cut away from her legs and face throughout Constantly. the entire thing. And that's another thing, too, where it's like, it seemed like all these actors are like, we need to somehow or another boost Emma up and get her confidence up. I'm like, she seems pretty okay, you guys. Like, Amazing be the reason he kept cutting away and this might be considered a hot take much like Sharon Burlesque Nicole Kidman's face cannot hold a close up any longer hmm. why because of all the work that she has had oh I, I think that's a hot take more than trivia yes hot take hot take the work she's had done is fabulous Oh, yeah. You can never Fabulous. Tell. You can never she tell. Yeah. Living her best life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and it sucks because Moulin Rouge again is like my favorite movie of all time. But seeing Nicole Kidman in a role like that, even 20 years post Moulin yeah. Rouge, I'm like, I really wish I could have seen her like again, pull the freaking camera back and let me see what she's doing. Right. Mm-hmm. When we did finally get to see her. Okay. Anyways. Let's hear some other trivia. Uh, moving on with trivia. Speaking of Nicole Kidman, she turned down the role of Roxy Hart, which went to Renee Zellweger in the film version of Chicago. She turned it down and regrets it to this day, even though she is playing a character who is in Chicago, (laughs) stuck in the ensemble, trying to play Roxy, which I thought was was very The girl got shingles. Oh, wow. (laughs) Tina Louise got shingles. Yeah, she got shingles. And one of you mentioned, uh, or maybe it was Molly who who mentioned uh, Evita. Uh, Someone mentioned Madonna and Antonio Yeah, it was Molly. (laughs) Meryl Streep. 
tried to get that role so hard. She campaigned and campaigned and auditioned. Really? She auditioned her ass off. It was Madonna produced that and movie. Madonna, and they went with Madonna. And I think it's because maybe Madonna put you know millions of Madonna produced that movie and wrote the two other songs, <laughs> co-wrote the two other songs that they added into it, oh which don't God. add songs then into like, Amita. Fuck. Yeah, that's crazy. And I think she actually has a line. Didi has a line during the song where she she mentions that she either played Eva Perone or oh yes she she does. It said she was too old to play Eva Perone. Something like that. Right, right. And and I think that's in it's not about me or something like that. It is some songs. Um, Going back (laughs) again to the original cast audition, but Murphy went with stars because he's making a movie and putting this on Netflix, and we need names for people to watch it. So part of me gets it, but there's a large part of me that's like, how dare you? I wonder uh, though about the that is on netflix do you all do you click on something because of the cat i mean with netflix i'll watch the most random things yeah. and so in this case it, it's not like you're trying to get people to go to the movie theater right. I, no if it was if it was a deal with netflix i don't know if there was ever a theatrical release planned no i don't think so yeah so why why not just have brooks ashmanskis play barry like if right. anything that would have appeased the theater crowd and they wouldn't have been so negative about this but yeah, yeah I have another another rant there <laughs> i agree during the 2018 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade performance of a number from the prom. It was the first, what? Te- not televised, but what? But it was the first oh, televised right. same-sex kiss during the Macy's Parade of That's the televised right. Macy's Parade. I remember that. So this musical, the stage musical, has made history. I feel like the movie has made history in another way. <laughs> and the last thing I had written down was the backlash over James Corden playing a gay man, mm-hmm. and I think we've discussed that briefly. But um, I was I was curious to hear your guys' thoughts because I have played a gay man in three different films over the course of seven years. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that there would be a part of me if I was offered the role now that I wouldn't feel fraudulent in playing a gay man because why not? offer or audition or at least give well and especially there's so much in the story about him accepting himself and about that journey even later on in life if it was something is like yeah my character's gay but i mainly slay giants like it's okay whatever (laughs) but if it's like no there's a whole journey in the whole movie it's like i i totally agree yeah what do you guys yeah, Megan, Megan, you you nailed it. That is that is what it is. It's it's you. It's like that lived experience or something close to it. Like I did not get kicked out of my home, but mm-hmm. I know friends who have, and I know the feeling yeah. of being afraid of that happening. And James Corden, his the way that he winced his way through some of those emotional scenes. Oh, that's a great it, way of putting it. It just it was so false, <laughs> and it it felt at times homophobic. The way that his he had the limp wrist. I will say though, he grew on me throughout the movie because his weird accent and his sibilant s and everything <laughs> was the way that he flung out of the cannon at the beginning with that like nauseating opening number with the camera swinging around wildly yes. it was it was a lot at once and i was like wait wh- what's ha- what is his voice what's going on but right. then by the end you're like you know what he's not as bad as i thought it's just the principle of him being there and something that connor and i were actually talking about is when this you know ben i don't know if you agree with this or not but i don't necessarily need every gay role to be played by a gay man right it's it's that experience piece with it and i mean we've had phenomenal oscar worthy performances you know heath ledger in brokeback mountain um tom hanks in philadelphia different different examples like that timothy chalamet and call me by your name name. Mm -hmm. and no one was really hemming and hawing i think that it's it's just 
it's also the way that it was all presented. It just felt yeah. itchy. When we saw the prom the last time in May of 2019, and then they announced the cast a month later, we were there the night that Neil Patrick Harris and David Burtko were in the audience. Oh, wow. And we thought, oh, I wonder if if they're scoping it out. Oh, studying. Right. Great. But I don't know. I mean, Nathan Lane maybe would have been a better Barry. Oh. Well, I feel, I feel like, age, I feel like Barry wise, was supposed too. to be Nathan yes. Lane. Like Dee Dee is supposed to be Patty Lapone. I was about to ask who Lane. Yeah. Like that one worked. Okay, that one worked. Right. And Nicole Kidman is every showgirl yes. ever. Yeah. And there uh, is a long, a long-standing member of the Chicago company. Her name is Donna Marie Asbury, who was in the show for I think 19 years um, on Broadway. And I don't know how much, because obviously it's based on Angie Schwarer, but it, there's certainly a precedent for someone being in the ensemble for that long. Right. Wow. Wow. And I don't, okay, so this is the other thing too. And this is maybe just, again, I don't know if it's story or if it's transfer from stage to film. There were so many things that logistically, I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. Because mm. like there was, for example, where they were like, maybe this is actually, I should save this for rants and raves. Because there was, I, okay. I feel like there's a bunch of different things that I just want to go off on. Uh, just, just, oh, just, love that. Scotch. I have a lot written down. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nitpicky shit. It's not anything that's like overarching, like, well, you know, I felt like the real plot arc. <laughs> Did you notice the symbolism? It's nothing like that. It's like, what is up with this one thing? Oh, so yeah. It's not. Well, there's something I did want to mention that I made a note to remember to talk about this on the pod. But yes. in, the, in the Broadway show, as I mentioned, Barry's story arc doesn't involve his mom coming back into his life and healing that relationship. He more so is a man who has to accept his pa- his tra- traumatic past and love the life he lives now with his chosen family. And there's a line at the end, spoiler for the show, the musical stage musical, but <laughs> Bar- <laughs> when at the prom, the, the, you know, the one they end up with the inclusive prom and Alyssa is coming out to her mother and Alyssa's mom is, you know, she, at first her reaction is like, I, I don't want you to have a hard life or whatever she says in the stage show, Barry says to her and Dylan, maybe you can help me with this line, but he says something to the extent of, cause Alyssa's mom's about to leave. And Barry says something like, if you, you don't let your now, daughter be who she is, you'll lose her. You'll lose her. And it hits you because he, he lost his mom. Yeah. He, he doesn't have that relationship. I could like actually, I have chills right now thinking about it because it was so, it, it completes the Barry arc in that the stage show. Yeah. And they cut that line. Can I tell Didn't you? Didn't they replace it? Well, they replaced it with like, yeah. it's already hard. It's already you know? hard. Yeah, yeah, hard. Yes. Molly. Yeah, yeah. The, when Barry and his mom are standing there and mm-hmm. Alyssa comes out, and her mom walks away. The only, the thing that I thought in my head and the thing that Ryan Murphy failed to do and the writers was the reason to have that mom there was to have her stop the other mom, right? Mm-hmm. What if she had, ye- the, I went, yell, you have to like, le- tell her you love her. You know, like something that mother could have been the catalyst for Alyssa's mom or her to change, to change her mind. Cause she just showed up at prom and was like, I love you no matter what. And it's like, no, how dancing. Right. So like, we'll talk about this later. I'm not going to talk about it right now. Okay. I don't want uh-huh. her life to be hard. Right. To- so I it was like the mom had a purpose and we missed, like it was missed the whole, yeah. but oh. Tracy also, Okay, I'm I'm sorry. Okay, that's rants and raves. We're saving it for rants and raves. We're Be saving. sure to subscribe on Patreon for rants and raves. For rants and raves. Is this movie worth your time? And would you recommend it? 
Connor? I do think it's worth your time and I do recommend it. All the, you know, we were very critical. We had a lot to say, but I do think that specifically for young people, young queer people, they can get something from this story. And it's, it's always fun for me to see Meryl and Nicole do something fun. And I, I think it's worth it for those reasons. And some of the songs are really good. Like, you know, the one thing's oh universal, yes. mm-hmm. life's no dress rehearsal. Yes. Yes. God. Dylan, same questions. Absolutely. I think that, it, I think it's a little long, but if I was a younger person than I am now, like when, when we were kids, we had Brandy's Cinderella and different movie musicals, oh, wow. Grease, anything like that, mm-hmm. that, that I was captivated by and I would look past any errors because I wasn't, didn't, hadn't developed a critical eye. I think it's fun. I think it's heartfelt. I think you see people who are gay kissing. Um, it's, it's inspiring and it's really heartwarming. Yeah. I mean, I cried at the end. Like that's always my litmus test. <laughs> There you go. Megan? No, I'm sorry. No. Don't be like, sorry. I'm, Don't be sorry. Right. Own it. Own it. This I'm is not the saying point. sorry. I'm saying thank you. Um, <laughs> not sorry I'm late. Thank you for waiting. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, the thing is for me, again, uh, this is something where I'm kind of at the same adage as Molly, where it's like, if you're taking something from the stage and you're bringing it to the screen, I feel like there was the big opportunity that was missed here. You either need to make a cinematic representation of that story, so then you need to make adjustments. I totally agree, Dylan. I think it was way too long. Mm. Um, and then make adjustments that make sense for casting, but that didn't happen here. So I don't think that it was a good cinematic representation of what the Broadway show was. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, as someone who's a screenwriter and who is working to adapt a movie into a parody musical I just felt like it didn't honor the medium that it was and for me that was just so massively frustrating I mean at one point at like I think two-thirds of the way through I was like Ben I don't I don't want to finish it I don't want to watch it I pulled a showgirls where Ben was like I can't watch the last no, five that minutes was bur- oh no that, that was, was burlesque. burlesque excuse me burlesque. There, were, there was five minutes left of burlesque and I, I said I have to tap out no I think I was <laughs> girls while I was like this movie is happening to me how do we stop it um so I just I I don't think that I would recommend it personally that's totally fair and Mm -hmm. Ben there's 20 minutes of really good stuff in this movie first 20 minutes of Wonder Woman like it's it's like it's like how guys and dolls is with me there there are three to four songs in guys and dolls that I would just and this movie is about 30 minutes too long there there are numbers here I would cut I feel like it could be edited down to a very um succinct not ideal version but um there's a lot of fluff in here but at the same time maybe that's what ryan murphy does best and i i try to give him the benefit of the of the doubt when i believe in my heart of hearts when he said i just wanted to make something joyful and fun totally agree i completely Mm -hmm. agree yes that's more or less what we got i completely agree with with connor dylan in that it's always it's always fun to see meryl uh and nicole kidman do these kinds of things so I would say, yes, watch it once and then you can just put it away. And hopefully there's a point where you can actually see the stage version and whenever the rights are released uh, right. to- Oh, uh, that's going to be theaters. so great. I can't And I, I think wait. it will actually make a really great show oh. for regional theaters. Oh, so oh my good. goodness. I will be, be swinging so to get in that thing. So yes, yes. I, would, I would recommend watching the film and just be on the lookout for a regional theater near you putting it up. Excellent. Well, well congratulations, guys. You got to the point oh of the podcast. We did it. Connor and Dylan, 
since you made it, this camera, this camera, this camera. Sorry, I watch a lot of hot ones. Tell the <laughs> folks what you got going on. Let us know your Twitter, Instagram, yeah, your projects, you what you're plug. doing. Because, you know, of course we know about your podcast, yes. but we do yeah. want to make sure everyone else knows about it. Yeah. Yeah. So Connor and I are hosts of our own podcast that is called Drama, which is just a lifelong catchphrase of ours. And as twins, we welcome thrilling guests weekly, people from Broadway, television, film, some behind the scenes folks, um, just to have candid conversations about theater, love, pop culture, life in New York City and around the world. Mm -hmm. And um, it's truly no holds barred. And it's it's been a lifeline for us and for a lot of performers who miss the industry and miss the arts, but yeah. just want to talk about, you know, wax poetic about the the great bright way and everything that goes along with it. Would you, would you have anything to add on that, Connor? I wouldn't other than, you know, we, it was a podcast that we started before the pandemic. And I think it's become even more prescient during the pandemic because yeah. it has for a lot of people kept theater alive in their ears yeah. and we have we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the drama podcast, where we post bonus episodes. You'll get added to our Instagram close friends, which Ooh, is juicy and love just, that. It is love filled that. with drama. You get early access to merchandise, all that kind of stuff. So you can find us at the drama podcast or on our personal social media handles, which is just our full names. I'm at Connor McDowell and he's at Dylan McDowell. That's right. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank oh, thank you. you. We're honored. Ben and Megan, you two have something so great going on. And Molly, it's been a pleasure. You, the, the chemistry and the banter is truly fantastic. I'm glad that you're here and congrats on season five. Thank you. Thank you yes. so much. We're, we're stoked to be here. And I think we've got something pretty exciting this season. So we're really thrilled that your guys are a part of it. Oh, oh thank you. I'm just glad the chemistry is still here. <laughs> After 11 years, thank God. Somehow we've this, made it This work. keeps us in practice. It's so Molly. It's because we've added Molly that's in. True, it's that's the helps. only reason why. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> you, added, you, you added a third to spice it up. Yeah, that's added right. a third. Sometimes you got to bring another person yep. in. Yeah. I literally text them every day after <laughs> not having talked to them for like a year. It's great. It's yeah, so it's they are oh, my pod, so even much, though they're you guys. Yeah, oh, thank, thank you, you so much for coming on. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, of course, we have now our rants and raves. So we'll continue on after that. Um, so be sure to check our Patreon if you haven't already. Please remember to like and subscribe. We have our handle Simac Podcast. And uh, be sure to share and give us a little, you know, a little review. Five stars never hurt anyone. There's like that one person that left one one star review and didn't say anything about it. And I'm like, no. you listened to, you just didn't like that we didn't like your movie. You didn't <laughs> like that it was, we didn't like Star Wars. It was Ryan Murphy. That's who it was. It was Ryan Murphy. <laughs> it sure will be after this, dude. Yes. <laughs> All right, Murphy, so, uh, if you're listening, call us. Call us. We and love Nicole Kim will be like, thank you. I did need something to do. <gasps> She's caught. I don't know why. <laughs> be sure to stay tuned next week. We will most likely have another pair of fabulous guests or one guest or no guests. I'm not sure yet. Bye. 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 So I Married a Cinephile is hosted by Benjamin Farmer and Megan Carver and is produced by Molly McCarthy. You can find us on social media at Simac Podcast, and be sure to find us on Patreon for exclusive content. So I married, I married a cinephile.